we all have seen them even offered them but not many of us think too much about the world of temple flowers india dumps over 8.5 million tons of temple flowers every year into its rivers these flowers pollute rivers and create many other challenges they are a problem but they are also a business opportunity one that ankit agarwal founder of fool.co is trying to tackle invested by impact fund social alpha and the draper foundation fool.co is based out of kanpur collects temple flowers processes manufactures and sells organic products like incense sticks made out of them what does ankit know about temple flowers which flower is the most popular do floral offerings go through weekly and seasonal cycles can this at all be a profitable business this is your host malini goel and in this episode of after hours with india inc ankit talks to me about what is it like to build a startup in kanpur and some very interesting products he calls it flather or biochemical leather he has built which is now getting attention of global buyers like tommy hilfiger tune in as we explore the world of temple flowers and the business opportunities it offers ankit there were many reasons i wanted to talk to you one that these days i'm based out of bangalore okay the startup hub and of course i'm curious what is it like to be based out of kanpur right which isn't exactly known for being a startup hub but we'll come to that uh, why don't you tell us a bit about the startup your journey and where you are right now so let me uh, take you back to my job days so exactly in 2014 i was working as a automation scientist with semantic corporation and i have a check friend his name is yakub we call him kuba and he had come down to india and he wanted to like see how indians live and everything and he was visiting bangalore mumbai and delhi and i told him boss if you like want to really see what real india is stop the touristy stuff and go to our like tier 3 towns our villages there is where you will get real india i happened to then uh, invite him to my hometown that happens to be kanpur uttar pradesh in kanpur there are not many places that i can take someone to visit so i took kuba to the ghats of this river ganges luckily and luckily that date was makar sankranti so makar sankranti is this festival that marks the ending of winters summers are approaching everyone takes a dip in the river ganges and thanks the surya god so kuba and i sat on this ghat for about an hour and he started counting he counted around 147 people including women small children taking a dip in that dirty water the water was so dirty and felt so slimy that we didn't even want to touch it but then there were these people who were taking a dip in the water doing surya namaskars even filling it in water bottles to take it home kuba and i broke into this almost a debate kind of a thing where he started questioning why are these people doing this they'll get some disease this will happen that will happen and i told him no nothing is going to happen this is the river ganges it's our goddess it's been like that for centuries the water has self healing properties and what not but he he wasn't convinced then we started discussing about the reasons why the river is so dirty and there were innumerable reasons there's fecal sludge refuse from tanneries open drains everything uh, used to go into the river he then said that river thames was even dirtier than this at once upon a time and i was like you're kidding me it's it cannot be possible and then we googled and we saw that yes at some point in time river thames was dirtier than this during the world war when it was full of blood and the brits had literally cleaned the whole thing and then the same thing with river rhine in paris we broke into those conversation that what will it take for india to get this mighty river clean and out of the blue he said why don't you do something about it and i was like boss this is uh, the ganga this is india this is not europe this is not what you think things are not very easy and this is a lifeline for more than 420 million people and just then a nearby temple dumped in a temple full of flowers in the water 
and what happened was all the oils or pesticides that might be there in the uh, flowers they mixed with the rubber water and leached onto the surface where light started refracting through it and i was amazed i have seen my parents i've seen my grandparents everyone puts temple waste in the rivers or leave it uh, near the banyan tree and the temples no one has thought of this as a source of pollution so that is how the seed was germinated then i decided to like solve the temple waste issue it's been 5 uh, years now still at it Today we are India's fastest online selling charcoal free incense made from temple waste. We've also been able to set up the world's first dedicated R&D to temple waste and we are now converting uh, flower waste into a material that behaves exactly like leather. We are calling it flather. Currently we are like almost we do around 11 tons of flower a day. We've got uh, three units in Kanpur, one we've just started a unit in Varanasi and we have solid expansion plans. Ankit, tell us about the number of temples that you are collecting offerings, flowers from, and how have you expanded uh, across India? Okay, see, currently we have units in two cities, but we pick up flowers from three. So that's Kanpur, Kannauj, and Varanasi. So in Kanpur, we do around roughly three tons of flower per day, and that is from thirty-seven temples on a daily basis, and some temples on a weekly or a bi-weekly basis. Then in Varanasi, we have started it from eleven major temples, the main being the Kashi Vishwanath Temple, where we do around eleven tons of flower every day. And you have plans for expansion now? Yes. So now what we are doing is we've just raised our round, and uh, we are now looking to expand to two more locations in uh, UP and beyond. Any reason why you are picking up these geographies, Ankit? Uh, the mission and vision of the company, how we started to preserve the Ganges through livelihoods. So we are, as of now, just picking up locations that are on the banks of River Ganges, and slowly and slowly we want to spread this uh, waste management movement across the nation. Tell us about temple flowers, Ankit. We all see it. We all offer flowers to the temples, but I would love to know a bit more about it. What kind of flowers go to temples? Is there a seasonal, weekly variations? Is there a peak season during the year? What kind of temples get maximum flowers? Help us get a sense of temple flowers in India now. See, when I started. one of the biggest uh, challenges that i faced was that there is no data around uh, flowers used in temples or even the number of temples that the country has getting an estimate about what is the quantity of flowers that is used at temples every year was difficult finally I came across these research papers which quoted that india every year puts in about 8 million tons of waste flowers in the river ganges and other river bodies so that's one now in terms of the flowers that are used in temple it varies every single day so for example every weekdays belongs to a separate god right there's this ritual to like worship the shivji on a monday the hanuman ji and uh, ganesh ji on a tuesday a uh, sai baba on a wednesday uh, so every god has a different day mark for them so depending upon the size of the temple the popularity and the day the flower volume keeps on changing now couple this with navratra with all the festivals like just to give you an example on the 31st of december that just passed at kashi vishwanath uh, temple alone we picked up around 37 tons of flower that's almost five times the volume that it gets on a regular day so it keeps on changing and majority of flowers offered at least in the northern part of the country is marigold two reasons first it's cheap second it looks very beautiful third is longer shelf life than when you compare it with jasmine or when you compare it with a rose about 70% of volume is marigold 20% is rose 10% is the rest of the flower in some temples we also get a very high volume of belpatra and tulsi leaves So as you mentioned there is a specific day for each of these gods uh, so by way of kind of flowers and amount of flowers you are collecting which god do you get a sense that is more popular in the parts that you are in which is uttar pradesh particularly there is no uh, single god that's very popular every god is very popular on every other day there is like the same amount of flowers will go to a shivji or the same will go to a ganesh ji or same amount of flower goes to a shani so that is not a i would say a right parameter it completely depends on the popularity and the size of the temple and the footfall What has been the toughest part about your business, Ankit? 
the flowers that you collect, the way you process it, and anything that we don't know about temples, flowers, that was surprising even to you when you started on this journey? So I think two things were tough. One is the starting bit. See, when I started, uh, no one knew anything about temple waste. No one had seen a product that is made from temple waste. And people really thought I'd gone bonkers. Even my own family, like my parents, they felt that why am I leaving Symantec? Why I, I want to pursue a career in temple waste? They didn't see a future in it. It came to a point that they wouldn't even introduce me to relatives. They would uh, say, oh, he's preparing for an MBA. After that, the second thing that was very tough was keeping the business growing or running. So on the outside, it looks very simple that you're picking up temple waste and you're making products out of it. What people don't realize is that we are providing a service also to the temples by picking up of, uh, their flowers. And we need to do that on a regular basis, whether or not we are making sales. It's not like that I pick up your flowers today and then I come after a week and pick up the flowers again. I have to do it every single day, whether I'm able to generate revenue or not. So this is a very operations and capital intensive business in that sense. Anything surprising or interesting that you discovered about our temples, about the offerings there that we don't know, but you have discovered on your journey? Actually, I have been to like so many temple towns uh, to study the temple ways there. What are people doing it? One temple that I particularly found very interesting was in Bangalore itself. So there was this temple, I'm, uh, I don't recall the name, but they were there using lemon zest to like make diyas out of it. So there was this huge uh, cold room where everyone would squeeze the lemon juice and then take the zest and uh, invert it and make diyas out of it. So that was very peculiar. I had not seen that the amount of lemons and the lemon juice there was insane. So uh, help us get a sense of the process that the flowers uh, and their processing goes through. What happens when the flowers come to your center and how does it get processed? How many people do you employ to be able to do that? So as of now, we have around uh, 127 women full-time on our payrolls across four units. So what happens on a daily basis is we have uh, been in the sector, we have developed our methods and processes. Every day our vehicles, depending upon the size of the temple and what we assume or predict that this would be the volume for today, our vehicles go to these temples, bring the waste to our unit where firstly all the patar, paper, milk packets, everything is weeded out. After that, what's left is all either flowers or leaves or coconuts. Then these flowers, leaves, coconuts are segregated. Then these flowers are again segregated depending upon the species. Like marigolds are separated, rose is separated. Then these uh, flowers are sprayed with our own bioculum that we've developed. It's an organic bioculum that we spray on these flowers to offset any pesticide residue or any chemicals that might be there. Then these flowers are thoroughly washed, then sun-dried, pulverized and finally converted into incense sticks. And how much time does it take from end to end? So uh, from the day the flower reaches our facility, it takes about three and a half days to finally see the end product. How has been the demand for your products? Are you profitable? Do you make money or uh, are you still loss making? Help us get a sense of the business that you have been able to build out of it. So when it comes to fool, if we just look at the incense stick business, we were uh, break even. But since there's a very heavy R&D cost that we incur on the flether bit that we've been like doing for the past three years, overall, we are at uh, making a loss. But we've just signed up with Tommy Hilfiger to sell flether and hopefully we'll be able to scale up the production, which then brings the overall company to profitability. Would you want to tell us a bit about flether? What exactly is it? What kind of R&D you are doing? Where you are doing this R&D? And what kind of market do you see for leather? See, first of all, animal leather is more than a $500 billion industry. And if you think of leather for even a split second, leather is a byproduct of the livestock industry. Together, these two industries consume around 30% of Earth's green landmass. 
27% of earth's fresh water supply goes to these industries and in return this industry is the highest methane producer on earth despite all of this we humans love leather leather is not going anywhere it delivers status luxury comfort gives us warmth always like pure leather se banaye people feel it's a good product so what we've been trying to do is we've been trying to find a alternate to leather to animal leather instead of getting it from the animal hide we are trying to make it from flowers so i know it's a moonshot we've been at it for almost 3 years now we've been finally be able to make a material that behaves exactly like animal leather we call it fleather that means flower leather it has the same properties in terms of the tensile strength elasticity it's water wicking it has better insulation capacity than even animal leather so we started all this r&d at iit kanpur where our earlier our labs were just last year we've set up our own r&d center and currently we are doing a paid pilot with pvh which is the holding company for tommy figure so ankit you are based out of kanpur and a lot of people especially entrepreneurs would think hard if they want to relocate in a place like kanpur which is small far away from a startup hub so the decision to be based out of kanpur and how difficult has it been to be located there see i didn't have a choice reason being we didn't have money right all this fold uh, was started with the 72000 rupees i had that's one second is it completely depends upon your perspective how you treat the city or the location to be like for example kanpur uh, today we've been able to set up the same culture in kanpur for fold that you would find in a city like a bangalore or a delhi being in kanpur has its own advantages as well like for example the word of mouth is very strong everyone comes to help right like for example iit kanpur came to help us then even the government uh, bodies over here are ready to help us everyone wants fold to succeed on a overall level reason being then it brings more talent and i'm happy to share that as of now like today we employ around 30 people from different like from cities like bangalore mumbai who are staying in kanpur and working to make this a success so it's about creating that atmosphere whether it be mumbai or be bangalore there can be startups in mumbai or bangalore which still don't have that startup vibe so it completely depends on how you drive the culture of your organization what about investors uh, help us get a sense of who all are investors uh, in your in your startup and how difficult easy has it been um the journey so far on the funding side from day one at fool there is a trick that i have used and i feel that anyone who's listening to this this can be the major key takeaway so what i did was uh, in the starting days of fool i went to every single b plan competition in the country so whether it be i am calcutta i am ahmedabad isb i am indore iit kanpur uh, iit kharagpur or watern anywhere any business comp- plan competition i would apply so that uh, it did two things one is that you get a 5 minute uninterrupted encounter with the judges who generally happen to be from the vc world second is you get direct feedback on your idea or on your business plan or how you're thinking about the business from them which if you try otherwise to get a one on one meeting with these people is very difficult so that uh, really helped pave the way so it did two things again if we used to win we used to get certain amount of money that i would use to like grow the business second is uh, getting that one on one connection with the vcs by this method only i met the first two vcs first is social alpha they were the people who invested in us at the idea stage then drapers again i met uh, nathalie who's the managing director of drapers at a business plan competition and later on uh, we were able to convert that into investment deal uh, till date fool has is roughly around 4 million dollars uh, in terms of equity investment are you going for another fundraise uh, and these are impact fund right yeah yeah so uh, see our last f- uh, fundraise was not from an impact fund it was from a vc fund so if you look at the landscape of impact funding in india it plateaus once you reach a 2 million or a 3 million uh, mark after that you have to uh, raise money from normal vcs and then you are competing with every other business or brand in the country so clearly in terms of matrix etc fool kind of aspiring for a profitable business model like any other startup right yes so see at the end it's a d2c business right 
so like for example at fool we have never sold a product by saying ki please buy because this has an impact associated to it or we are a social enterprise we have always positioned the product on its quality and its merit if you buy a product because it's made from a uh, social enterprise you will maybe buy it once you won't repeat buy but if you buy the product or you market the product on its merit then the probability of a repeat purchase is high all the other factors like being made from waste uh, employment everything then becomes a sticky point for you to then continue but you must like the quality of the product only then you would continue and that is how we've built full from day one so ankit in terms of distributing selling your product what kind of channels have you sort of adopted uh, how has been the response who are the kind of people who are buying from you any learning curve that you've had on that front during the starting days uh, when i used to try and get mentors and meet people from big fmcg giants in the country everyone would tell me this idea wouldn't work we didn't have the money or the muscle to invest in distribution that's prevalent in the industry as like fmcg industry as of now it's a distribution game so what i decided back in 2017 when this whole d2c was not a big buzzword to sell the incense online today uh, we are the fastest selling incense uh, online we been able to carve a niche for itself in a short period we have a high repeat rate purchase almost 80% of the sales happens from our own website we've seen the numbers grow uh, like almost uh, double every single year and we are in the like process to launch a couple of more products in the next physical year what kind of product and where is your demand coming from who are the people geographically where is it coming from So see uh, geographically the demand is skewed across the nation that's one second is we see more interest from uh, tier 1 cities that's for sure and see our customers are generally gen z and millennials who want to have a clean certified incense so normally an incense is made from charcoal so what we do is there's no charcoal in the incense for example people who live in flats in mumbai or delhi where the flat size is not huge if you burn a charcoal incense you start coughing it uh, sometimes gives you headache things like that so we have stayed away from all of that and targeting customers who want to use incense as a lifestyle product you mentioned uh, you are trying new products uh, help us get a sense of the product portfolio uh, how you are expanding it which is your best selling product so far and the expansion that you plan going forward so uh, in terms of the best selling uh, products you would be surprised our orange uh, and lemongrass incenses are the highest selling products so in terms of the future what we're trying to do is uh, we're trying to develop this whole segment of products around home fragrances so in india what happens is like for example if you want to have a good fragrance in your maybe a drawing room or your bedroom you don't have too many options you can't have a odonil or air or any kind of those things put in your these rooms big size rooms then uh, you're left with uh, the chinese uh, diffusers that you get where the essential oil is highly adulterated you don't get real stuff in uh, the country and it's very hard to find so what we're trying to do is get into that segment uh, own it by providing clean certified products that are safe for use easy to the pocket and can scale fast my last question to you ankit how has the response been from the government and the temple people right i mean you are in a space where we need companies like you uh, to be able to process our flowers which are holy flowers and of course they can't be dumped um, and uh, so we need to process it well so the response from the government the temple people how has the journey been so far see first i would say the government has been very helpful the startup india program has been very supportive like getting the dipp certificate and everything uh, recently the government even supported us to go to the dubai expo so i think the uttar pradesh government has been very supportive of what we are doing and uh, even getting the agreement signed with the kashi vishwanath temple when it comes to temple management authorities what happens is the fool has got a lot of word of mouth so uh, the devotees themselves uh, when they see the plight of the waste that the temples uh, generate they themselves suggest that why don't you call these boys they will pick up the waste they make a good product every other day we get approached by a temple to like start a services there so the response has been good and what i'm even more happy about this is that we've been able to like kickstart a movement 
we now see several startups mushrooming across the nation who want to uh, do solve the same issue and i feel very happy about it because see alone i cannot solve this problem it's a mammoth the country needs at least 10000 people uh, more like me like who can then actually solve this problem so it's been on a positive side thanks ankit it's lovely to speak to you and get a perspective on temple flowers you were listening to after hours with india inc by malini goel mixed and edited by shashwat kumar to get more insights into contemporary business corporate culture do subscribe to us after hours with india inc is available on spotify gana apple music and various other streaming platforms to get regular updates about this podcast follow the twitter handle at goyal malini for any feedback email us at toiplus.podcast@timesinternet.in